my success will be measured through the success of the ones that come from behind me. Um, when this young man gets to the point where he's in position of franchise, yeah. or go out and do his own thing, and he bring barbers in to put them in position to do the same thing, that, that's where it's at. Yeah. You know, I tell people, like, because of sweets and social media, everybody's a boss right now. Yeah. I said, I'm not even a boss. I own this location. I'm not a boss. And people are like, why you say that? I said, because if I'm not here cutting hair, the shop is not producing. You are now tuned in to a Power Podcast Network production. All right, and we're back. Keep the money on the Ford podcast. This is actually going to be a bonus episode, man. I'm here with a good brother that I just met, um, the owner, operator, franchisee, uh, David Powell of no grease mosaic man how you doing i'm wonderful man man i just met you uh got a chance to meet one of your business partners damien and this is going to be a bonus episode man because we had a conversation just off the record we was like man we got to bring david on man Mm -hmm. because you was dropping some knowledge as well as damien um so tell us a little bit about yourself man you're from buffalo as well right correct correct so um born and raised buffalo new york um Graduated high school. Uh, I sat out a year in between high school and college because I wanted to make sure my brother, one of my good friends, got up out of there before I left. And me sitting out, I worked in a salon in Buffalo cutting hair for about a year. But 93 is when I graduated. That October, I came down here to visit my cousin that was an alum of Smith as well. Okay. And is Damien's frat brother. Okay. So... I was here, visited with him. He took me up on the yard to meet Dame. I followed Dame around for a whole day. Like literally him getting out of the bed, going to every <laughs> class with him, yeah. you know, that type thing to the Dang, end of the night. Dang, they let you go to class with him? Yeah, oh Word. yeah. Everything from that to him cutting hair at the end of the night on campus in Barry Hall. $3 haircuts he was yeah, talking about. Yeah, so um, I got to see that. I was a little rough buffalo boy, nappy head, angry at the world, mm-hmm. you know, type thing. but. I was trying to figure it out, and Dame embraced me with love, and um, that that love was the love he kind of received from my cousin to him, and he passed it on to me. And uh, from there, went back home, finished up the next year. I was here on campus with my big brother. Yeah, had moved off campus, and basically set me up to be the uh, heir apparent barber on the yard. Nice. Talk about that transition, man, because you just trying to say like you know coming from Buffalo, coming down to Charlotte, like. I know how my transition was coming from D.C. By no means was I like rough around the edges in that way, no disrespect. But like a lot of people struggle with that transition coming from the north all the way down south. And, you know, just coming with that, not say street mentality, mm-hmm. but just a different way of life in New York. Like, talk mm-hmm. about your experience. So for me, um, I'm the one uh, when a group of people meet, I'm more the quiet, even though I am a talker. Yeah. I'm more because I observe, take in a whole lot of process. Coming up, man, I was the voice of reason for a lot of my friends in the midst of a lot of chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to get them to see things from a different aspect. Um, me, I went from being a leader of a game, which was the junior edition, yeah. because basically it wasn't necessarily something I wanted but uh, got jumped into, so to say, yeah, yeah. Uh, to me moving on to high school, became a class officer every year, captain of the football team, senior class president, voted most likely to succeed, all that, all that type stuff. My high school 
was one of the worst high schools in Buffalo. We were sur surrounded by the projects. I know a couple of people from Buffalo. What's your high school? Kissington. Kissington? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it, but, so here's the thing. The school still exists, but it doesn't exist as Kissington anymore. So I think 2001 is, or 2000, they shut the school down. Yeah. And it was vacant for a couple of years and they moved a couple of schools in there while they were renovating those schools. Yeah. Um, but they, they'll, they should be able to identify with the Langfield project and you okay. know, that, this, that, and other. Um, you're just thinking about your group, some of them might, might know about it. Mm -hmm. um, I know a couple, a couple of my frat brothers, I'm a Sigma. And okay. then a, a couple of partners, um, they from that Buffalo area. So I'm sure if they're listening, they can. Yeah, oh you yeah, know what I mean? oh yeah, oh yeah. So, you know, from there, you know, I knew, uh, I knew I wanted out of Buffalo. I knew I wanted to go to college. And it was the summer between my uh, freshman and sophomore year, me and my friends was hanging out on the block. And normally, I, you know, my head stay on swivel. And for some reason this day, God wanted to send me a message. Mm. And um, seeing these uh, cats in a classic old school car, man, they slowed down, lights went out. I saw all this out my peripheral but could not move. As they coming by, man, all my friends jetted. They're like, it gives me chills now. They jetted. I could not move. I seen a cat, he had an assault rifle on his lap, and the driver had a pistol. And they came right, like literally, we were probably five feet from each other. Wow. And they stared at me. And they just shook their head, no, switched lanes and peeled out. So, mm. I mean, fortunately, I guess by everybody leaving, I was the only one they chose not to shoot. They were trying to see I wasn't who they was looking for, for whatever reason. And I knew then, I said, yeah, it's time for me to get the hell out of here. You think it was like a rival gang or just neighborhood? So, stuff? nah, because we were not gangs. You know, we, you know, we was, it wasn't that type of element. Right. You know, the gang thing, I'm not saying it was not around, but not the way my neighborhood was comprised. But not there. Yeah. When you get to the Lanefield projects, so I, I guess going back, you think about what me being uh, the leader of the gang. Mm -hmm. At that time, that was that was literally, I would say, from June to August, and I realized this is not for me. Yeah. But at that time, I was probably twelve or thirteen mm. at that time. So by the time we get to me being in high school, I was far removed gotcha, from that. Gotcha. So I understand how you ask that yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so well, as I'm hanging on the block with my friends, we would just we'd be out there clowning each other, ribbing, you know, you know yeah. that type of stuff, having fun. And I'm not gonna act like drugs wasn't being sold, nothing like that. Yeah. Because um, we did have a couple people they did partake in that. Um, but this right here, I know it was definitely it was looking for somebody. Because if it was anything else, they would have shot me just to send a, send a message. For sure. But you, you know, knew clear as day. That was, that was something that, you, not that you needed to experience, but that was like, you know what, I got to get up out of here. Yeah. I got to get up out of here. It, yeah. And it is, my thing is, I always had a vision for something different. And um, that was just the one to say, yo, I, I got to get out of yeah. here. I so got to get out of here. fast forward, you, you come down, you shadow Damien, and he's like, man, like, oh, you do, you're doing your thing in college. You're cutting hair. Oh, yeah. What was JCSU like around that time, man? So, well, I, I'll What stood out to you from that visit besides, obviously, Dame doing his thing? So, <laughs> for me. Tell the truth, man. No, nah, I'm going to be real. So, <laughs> here's the thing. It was so crazy, me sitting out. I was actually supposed to attend Kent State in Ohio that upcoming January. Yeah. Never visit Kent State, though. Um, 
and me setting foot, first of all, in Charlotte that year, it was like 80 degrees in October. That and the one sunshine threw me, all right? Two, I'm looking at the women, the hood, my high school in the hood, like I'm at home. Mm-hmm. Then we talk about the women, and I'm like, y'all get to wear that? Because in high school, you know, you... Absolutely. The three fingers, the knee, yeah. stuff. But I'm like, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. for real. But I kept my composure, but I'm like, okay, yeah, this, this is it. This I is feel it. Like, I feel like, you know, they talk about the times we live in now, but I feel like the culture was a lot looser then. A Freaknik era, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, because of the way things is now, it's Freaknik every day. Right, because of the way it's freaking every day because of the way we uh, the way we watch stuff, the way we consume. Right, you, yeah, exactly. You but know, you so know, back then, back you, then you, you had, had to wait to go to cu- yeah, yeah to get it exactly. So, um, I, and I think then things was more about a conversation. Right, you know, it was natural platonic. You know, more about a conversation. Whereas now, you, you DM somebody. Yeah. And you had to have different. some real game back then. The conversation. What was your go-to line? Bro? Yeah, tell me. Man, honestly, man. Sweetheart, can I talk to you for nah, a second? <laughs> nah, honestly, man, I would introduce myself. You know, yeah. the one thing about it, the whole setup, even if you think about Smith, your introduction to Smith, when you're meeting people from other places, right. it's just natural. Oh, how you doing? I'm such and such. I'm from, you know, and then it just is natural. Right. And you just roll with that natural. Just, you're right. You're right. You know, so it, it was, you didn't have to go looking to do other things. That was a curiosity factor. It's like, yo, what's your name and where are you from? Yeah. So you're like, oh, I met somebody from Oregon or I met yeah. somebody from New York or whatever. And you the just, case just be. learn to relate and just listen. Little key things they say. Right. So, oh, well, 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 tell me about your experience with, you know, the conversation is asking them the question and let them talk more. Right. And th- that, that was it. It wasn't so much, you know, I told everybody that they were beautiful. That, that was just me. But mm-hmm. it wasn't so much me, uh, I wasn't trying to get in their pants. I was trying to get in their head. That was sure. the better way sure. of saying it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, did you always know that, like, you know, I'm going to cut hair? Like, what was your major at the school? Sports management was actually my major. Okay. Um, so uh, a dream of mine was to have a barbershop, multiple barbershops. Um, but I love sports. And I see sports as a vehicle into so many other facets yeah. of life. And um, it, it, it's, it's a language. Sports is a language by itself. Yeah. I mean, hence, we got ESPN now. You know, nobody knew ESPN would get this big. For sure. You know, um, just my love for that, you know, and what's one of the topics you talk about in the barbershop? Sports. Sports, Sports politics, music, fashion, you know, of course, here. Quickest way to have a debate, talk about last night's game or bring up somebody, comparison or whatever. So cutting hair and that, they yeah. kind of go hand in hand. Um, but uh, getting back to my experience uh, that in that October, man, like it just floored me so much. And my cousin knew I loved it the way I talked about Dane, yeah. how he showed me so much love. You know, that, that, that was major because uh, at that time, being in Buffalo, your love really only came from those that were around you. Mm-hmm. And not all those have your best interests. I couldn't have went to another side of Buffalo and got that same love. Yeah. Now it's looking back now to see how everybody in Buffalo, like one thing about it, people from Buffalo, we love each other because right. we know each other's story. Even if I don't know it verbatim, I know what you had to go through. You know what I'm saying? And I'm seeing that with some of the people that went to school with me and Dane in high school. I was about to say, man, just listening to your story from what you shared so far, it sounds like a story of loyalty. 
Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, just connecting the dots and here we are full circle at this location, yeah. man. Um, Mosaic, obviously, right here on Betty's Ford Road. This has been here since 2013. How did this location come about? Like, who saw the vision? So, uh, I, Dane. Dane. You know, it, it made sense. He had the connections uh, and was in the position. Uh, but he saw a bigger vision also for me. Yeah. You know, so uh, he made whatever connections made this thing happen. Uh, he, for a minute, was uh, a trustee member at Smith. Mm -hmm. So just utilizing those um, resources in his position, he was able to get this, this up and going. And uh, the thing about it, from what he told you, he's no longer behind the chair. Right. You can't grow the business from behind the chair. Mm -hmm. You know, but it was it was very valuable for somebody that knew this area to be here. Right. You know, so when it came down to uh, us be getting our franchise license in June of 17, you know, he sat down and basically, you know, laid everything out. Said, you know, we would like for you to be the first franchisee. You know, are you interested? I told him definitely. And he said, well, we can do it a couple ways. And uh, he said, we got Mosaic. Um, it's a corporate store, wasn't really planning on it, but he said, for you, because it makes sense, I'll do it. Or you could do a brand new build. Right. I was like Mosaic. Yeah. I get, I get to go yeah, home. That's what I'm saying, like that loyalty, man. That's yeah. love. I, I hear love in that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yo, we got a situation from you, we can go about it this way. Mm -hmm. Versus like, nah, this is the only way to get down. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it just made sense. Like, yeah. you know, could I went somewhere else? Yeah, it could have been fine, but this made more sense. Yeah. You know, I get to come home to Smith. Right. You know, that Every type day. thing. Yeah. So in, even in that, like a lot of people, you know, you'll get people sitting in your chair that, you know, got a little bit of money. Like, man, you know, how about you come? Yeah. You know, blah, 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 do your own thing. I say, I am doing my own thing. Right. You know. Make no mistake about yeah, it. Yeah, I am doing my own thing. This, this, this is not a mistake. This is a decision. It, it, they had a vision. I had a vision. They were similar. Mm -hmm. I said, at the end of the day, the one thing I understand, if I get out and try to do my vision, I got to build a team. Right. But if I got somebody with the same vision, I just join the team. And what it does is we're able to build it faster, which allows me to get positioned to be able to move on and do some other things a little sooner. Right. You know, if I did this by myself, I might not have been by myself seven locations with two more in the way. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So because of the way it's done, yeah, I have my own physical location, but I got ties to all the other ones, and the platform is set that I can, another seven years, have eight locations, you know? So now I can start looking at doing other things that I want to do, yeah. utilizing. So speaking of locations, you pretty much cut up at every location, right? Almost. For the most part? Um, so uh, going back to some of the, uh, you know, 99 is when I joined No Grease. No Grease opened up in 97, joined 99. Yeah. Uh, the very first original location, which is on Sherman and Amity, across yeah. from East Lamar. Yeah. Of course, I started there, went to North Tryon, over where Down to the Bone Soul yeah, Food Restaurant, yeah, yeah, all that yeah. is. I miss Down to the Bone. Yeah, man. yeah. And then from there, uh, we bought out a barbershop that was inside East Lamar. So when we did that, I went there to run that location. Yep. And uh, that was in 07, I'm sorry. And uh, December 31st of 2009 was our last day, New Year's Eve. 
we literally handled the New Year's Eve rush, packed the shop up and moved out all in that day. Because they were shutting the mall East down. East Lamar down. Yeah, they were shutting it down. Wow. Yeah. The mall officially didn't shut down until that following June. Yeah. You know, the, I went back to North Triumph a little bit because we were working on a deal for uh, Concord Mills. Yep. So that, that took a little longer than we thought. And I went from North Tryon. We shut that one down, opened up. Uh, we didn't open up. Went over to Central Avenue. Mm -hmm. So by that time, it was just Central and uh, Uptown exclusive. Those were the only two locations. Uptown at the by the arena? Yes. Yep. So you, you figure we're talking January of 2011. We were down to two locations. But Exclusive was the platform for the new direction of No Grease, more upscale. Yeah. That so that's something that I didn't get a chance to talk to uh, Damien about. Mm -hmm. You guys take, a, to me, a totally different approach to grooming. Mm -hmm. It's the look, it's mm -hmm. the, you know, it's not, I mean, I've seen you guys cut hair and t-shirts and jeans and some J's or whatever, but it's the look. Talk about that vision of, of not a uniform. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm struggling with what I'm trying to say, but just, just how you present yourself as a buyer. Yeah, it's a yeah. mass appeal. Okay. You know, you, you presenting or packaging yourself in a manner that everybody can relate to or gravitate to. Yeah. Because um, we understand. I mean, uh, we cut everybody here. You know, we love our people and we got different spectrums just within our right. our group. And we got to witness some of that sitting in here, like, yeah. you know, multi-ethnicities and stuff like uh -huh. that coming through the doors. Exactly. So. It was just to, you know, first, you, you understand, it's not just the clients. It's the people that's walking with you. You got to educate them on another level. Yeah. So sometimes you got to take them out of their comfort zone for them to see things differently. You know, they want to walk around with baggy pants, and said another, don't understand it's still a perception and just certain attitude that comes with that. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes that attitude don't line up with business. So... We need to package, like I, I explained to a barber one time, I said, okay, pick your favorite candy. I said, all right, you picked it, and I'm gonna give you a plate with two pieces of candy. It's gonna be the same candy. One gonna be wrapped up in newspaper, the other one be wrapped up in nice shiny foil paper. Which one you want? He said, the foil paper. I said, why is that? He said, because it's appealing to me. I said, exactly. That bow tie is appealing. And you know what? It gives something for that client to talk to you about as well. Right. So it's many facets and levels of it. That's just the surface. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, just looking at, you know, another one of your, uh, your barbers and your young guy, you know what I mean? You know, growing up, that's something that some of these young men aren't taught, you know, how to tie. A, I don't even know how to tie a bow tie. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I've tried it through YouTube, but I know how to tie a regular tie. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just looking at one of your young cats, I mean, you could be teaching him because I'm sure you guys get barbers at what, 19, 20 years old because you guys have yeah. the school and stuff now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Um, COVID, right? Yes. COVID comes, shakes up the world. What were your thoughts? What were your initial thoughts to where they are now? So, you know, it's a surreal moment, you know, you know, us coming off the whole thing with Kobe and yeah. everything that was going on, then get hit with this COVID, what is this COVID thing? Like, trying to understand exactly. I'm well, like, we heard whispers about it. And like, yeah, yo, like, what, what are they talking about? talking about COVID. Like, yeah. I mean, so with me knowing SARS was COVID, 
Right. But what I'm not understanding is like, like what was a coronavirus? What was yeah. a coronavirus? Like, why in the world are they really tripping over this to the level that they are when we have almost 100,000 people that die every year from the flu, but we've never shut down the country? Right. You know, so it's kind of one of those like, yo, are you serious type thing? Like, for real, we really shutting down businesses. Send the kids home from school. Yeah, all, all this type of stuff. Like, nah, this is crazy. Yeah. But, you know, so, you know, you do the responsible thing, you know, okay, well, let's just go ahead, weather the storm and see where it leads to type thing. Um, I mean, evidently it's something to it. Um, it's still something hard to grasp, mm -hmm. you know, in the totality, but they just change up everything we know. Yeah. The way we move, the way we walk, the way we, it's like simple as you want to go out on a date. Yeah. And you plan everything you really let, it's nothing for you to do. Right. Let alone let people over your house. So talk, talk through the new barbershop norms. Like, you know, every barbershop is different. I've heard some like, yo, we'll let you know when to come inside. Like, you know, obviously you got to wear a mask coming through these mm -hmm. doors, but what, what are the mosaic norms so, uh, coming in here? You know, um, because of, e even before COVID, I was dealing with construction. Mm -hmm. So, um, and with that, it's three of us right now. I have a part-time partner and a young man got a big location yep so we have enough seating that uh, we don't have to restrict people as of right now from coming in but if i was full capacity you know it would be just like any other no grease location that uh yeah. we'll let the allowed amount of people in yep and then anybody any appointments we'd say you know to sit in your car or whatever we'll come get you or you know send you a message or something yep. like that type thing of course we you know wear our protective our gloves we uh, mask, we sanitize the chairs and yeah. switch capes out, sanitize them in between yep. each client, that type thing. So, Yeah, man, so it's just like a whole nother experience now with getting a haircut. Um, we we kind of talked about this with, with Damien, but man, I think it's time, not that I'm setting the bar, but barbers are essential. And I think mm -hmm. we experienced that over COVID because everybody's woofing, everybody's growing a beard, everybody's growing hair. Mm -hmm. And Damien kind of hinted like the price is about to go up. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean... Just the evolution of, like, you know, grooming. Well, I mean, my, my thing is this right here. I don't have a problem with any barber with what they charge. Mm -hmm. You know, if a barber say he wants to charge $1,000, I don't have a problem with that. Just justify it. Right. You know, my, my thing is... Make it make sense for your clientele. And that barber would not be charging that if his clientele would not pay it. So we are the one industry that people kind of overlook when it comes to cost of living. You know, um, you can get a raise on your job every year. You know, a barber can change his price once every five years. In five years, gas pricing changed, food, everything, cost of living, everything, everything. that went up. Everything. But that barber price hadn't changed. Right. And the minute it changed, it's upward. Oh, I did not work. Yeah. The days of the $10, $20 cuts are gone, though. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know? We used to go to the, you know, as a young and as a shorty, oh, $10 for little man, $20 yeah. for OG. Now it's like, yo, you got a, you got a beard, 
You mm-hmm. want some dye? Mm-hmm. You know, you you want this? You want a razor? Like mm-hmm. it's so many. It's like it's Different almost like of it. yeah, yeah. It's like you want, you want an extra piece of cheese at the restaurant. You want some bacon on it? You know there what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's just wild, but I, I love it because it's it's it's, it's transitioning to me, going towards more grooming. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And just seeing your platform. Um, how do you measure success as a as an owner as a franchisee with, with this location? So, my success will be measured through the success of the ones that come from behind me. Um, when this young man gets to the point where he's in position of franchise, yeah. or go out and do his own thing, and he bring barbers in to put them in position to do the same thing, that, that's where it's at. Yeah. You know, I tell people, like, because of sweets and social media, everybody's a boss right now. Yeah. I said, I'm not even a boss. I own this location. I'm not a boss. And people are like, why you say that? I said, because if I'm not here cutting hair, the shop is not producing. Right. I said, when it gets to the point where I got all the chairs filled and I'm no longer needed in the shop, then I become a boss. You I like know? that. I like that. It's almost like a player coach scenario. You know what I'm saying? Because like you said, the young man, I'm sure he's new to the game. Mm-hmm. Your level of expertise is over decades, mm-hmm. but it's things that you can teach him mm-hmm. moving forward. Correct. So. So your answer to me is like legacy. Do you have kids of your own or anything well, like that? Well, I, I do. I have a daughter. She'll be okay. 21 this year. Okay. Um, she's dibbling, dabbling, trying to figure figure life out. She did go to the barber school for a little bit. Well, really, she did the whole term and for her reasons, didn't want to proceed with yeah. taking a state board. Um, worked for a little bit. Uh, now she's in beauty school um, doing that. And she's like, off the chain on Instagram, selling meals and desserts. Uh, yeah. and she, she definitely has the hustle. Right. So she, you know, I want to say she picked some of that up from me. Yeah. And like I tell her, you know, whatever it is you choose to do, I support, you know, and that's always been my vision for her. I don't want you to come doing hair because I do hair. Right. I don't want you to do anything because you think I want you to do it. Because she has her own interests. That's right. Right. And I'm going to support those. Anything you say you want to do, I'll look at do some research on how I can help you accomplish that. For sure, for yeah. sure, because so much, I mean, I don't have kids. Um, I one day aspire to have kids, um, but I work in a high school, and there's so many helicopter parents that say, well, because I'm in this industry, my son, my daughter needs to go this way, or everybody's pushing their kids to be an athlete. And it's like, yo, like, no, why don't we train them to be an agent so they, they can manage multiple mm-hmm. players and they ain't got to worry about a 40 time or being on a treadmill mm-hmm. every day or treating their body and stuff mm-hmm. like that because one injury we all know but it's like we, we try to set our kids up you know so to speak but that's dope that you say you know what I'm going to give you the resources I'm going to give you the tools but ultimately the decision is yours that's right because you got to be happy with what you do I tell people even when I go to schools on uh, career fairs and stuff like yeah. that you know I'm not here to sell you on the hair industry yeah you know, my thing is, I want you to find whatever your passion is, whatever it is you love. I said, I don't care if it's sweeping a floor. You become a millionaire from sweeping a floor. Absolutely. You know, I said, the thing is finding that one thing you love to do, and you'll do it rain or shine. Absolutely. You'll do it in your sleep. I said, if you'd find that, it'll never become work. You won't, won't be one of these people, and you pull up to the drive through give you piss-poor service because they're unhappy with what they're doing. Yeah. You, um, you guys do a lot in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I didn't get a chance to ask Brother Damien about. But talk about No Grease's imprint in this Beatty's Ford five-point community, but just the overall community, because mm-hmm. I've seen you guys do shop. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Shop talk. Shop talks, mm-hmm. shop events and stuff like that. Real talk. Real talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah talk we, about yeah. you guys' imprint in the community and how it's important because ultimately barbers are the voice of the community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know the happenings, you know what's going on. It's not about cultural stuff, but you know, for the most part, y'all are tapped in, y'all got a pulse on what's going on out here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, for us, and even myself speaking, man, you know, I, I love my community. You know what I'm saying? And I know because of our community, we're able to be who we are today. Yep. And uh, we know it's very important to invest back in our community, whatever facet that may be. A lot of times it's just our time. Yeah. And in some t- situation it might be financial. Yeah. Um, we've done things uh, from back to school haircut drives, uh, backpacks we've done, uh, customer appreciation cookouts we've done. Um, well, this location itself has hosted um, a poetry night mm-hmm. with the Black Ink Monks yep. from Jonathan C. Smith yep. and was doing really well prior to COVID. Um, everything from going to the schools to talk to the kids about yep. life, barbering or whatever it may be, uh, different mentor programs uh, we, we've assisted. Um, and then some barbers did things just on their own, you know what I'm saying? Just use the No Grease platform as a stage. Yeah. You know, just so many different ways that uh, we try to be active and give back to our community. Last question, David, before I let you go. Um, you know, the, 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 the definition of this podcast and this whole theme is to keep the money on the floor. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is recycling the black dollar. Like, what are your thoughts on that now? You know, I feel like that's something that's at the forefront right now. But what is your what is your thoughts on this idea of recycling the black dollar and supporting each other? So it's a beautiful thing. Um, just just looking at how everything happens. Um, it wasn't even a year ago. I was watching Killer Mike's um, documentary yep. on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, he said, you know, like Jewish America, the dollar stays in the community for like 28 days and Asian America is 21 days and, you know, white America might be 18 days and something, something, 11 days and the black community won. It's crazy. It's crazy. I said, when he said one, I was hurt. <laughs> and then he hit me with the hour. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like literally you, you know, the minute you got it, you gave it away. Right. You know, uh, so going from there, you know, then looking at COVID, and I think COVID at the end is going to be a blessing in disguise. Yep. You know, uh, uh, that, and then for us to have the uh, George Floyd incident, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of people don't understand, you know, it's a lot of us that was at home, couldn't do anything, started getting cabin fever, yeah. was, you know, frustrated, angry. And yeah. so now when that happened, it was not like that was the first black man we seen that happen to. Right. But because everything that was going on, I'm not working. I can get out and protest. Mm-hmm. I can get out. No excuse. So it, it, it basically set the stage for a talk and a conversation and it's bringing us more together. So I think if anything gonna come out of this, it's got to be to keep the money on the Ford. Absolutely. And the Ford is not just in Charlotte. Oh, uh, yep. And and that's you know part of my vision that I want people to see. You know what I'm saying? The Ford is the Ford is a platform. That's right. You know what I'm saying? The Ford ain't no different than Georgia Ave in D.C. Mm-hmm. or whatever that street is in your city because that's right. every major city has a Betty's Ford Road. That's right. You know what I'm saying? But the thing that bring 
and brought all of us together, introduced us even today is Johnson C. Smith University, right. which is located mm -hmm. on Betty's Ford Road, man. But David, I appreciate you, man. Let our audience know how they can get in touch with you. Um, obviously, we're here at the Mosaic location. Shout all that out, man. Yeah, uh, No Grease Mosaic Village, 1635 West Trade Street, 704-333-6311. Uh, on Instagram is uh, No Grease Mosaic Village. You can look us up or you can just go to nogrease.com, go under locations, and you can find us there as well. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. This is going to be a bonus episode. Um, Brother David, man, this is dope. I mean, this just all happened in a matter of hour. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But I thank you for being on this podcast. This won't be the last time that we will do something together. You know, again, yeah. we had a oh, yeah. very good oh, yeah. conversation offline that I think can, you know, matriculate into some other things. Yes. So I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. All right, man. Thank yes, you. Sir. Keep the money on the floor. Mm -hmm. Until next time.